Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Tennessee Twos Disc Golf Podcast, Season 2, Episode 1. If you're listening to this and you usually listen to it live, you might be wondering, hey, Daniel, why don't you guys do this live? Well, long story short, technical difficulties. Um, (laughs) Interestingly enough... Towards the end of last season, you you know you probably have a lot of questions. Why did you guys take such a long such a long break? This, that, and the other. Blah blah blah. I promise you, we really missed you guys, and that's Great that's story. all I can really say about it. Um, there's nothing wrong. Nothing nothing bad happens. It's just we both kind of hit a little bit of a burnout phase. Ethan had some really exciting news, but has probably been exceedingly daunting for him and his family. Um, that is time consuming. Uh, I myself have been working my booty off. Uh, so many things have happened at work the last few months and I am working, you know, not necessarily a lot of overtime hours per se, but I am working a lot and it's been a little bit difficult. So we came to a little bit of a decision to take a small hiatus um try to get ourselves all back in order um we wanted to be back to you next week but ethan got a little behind on one of his projects that is now complete which was moving his office from one room in his house to another room in his house yep so that is complete and uh we're back on schedule sort of um again you might be noticed seeing that we're not live uh first and foremost we originally did plan to go live tonight um but it wasn't in the cards, and honestly, it forced our hands to make a decision that we've been toying with for a few months anyways, which was switching from doing our lives on Facebook to moving our lives to YouTube. Um, honestly, the, the main reason is just we've been doing Facebook. Uh, we wanted to stay loyal to the people who have been with us on Facebook. Uh, however, I do believe that moving to YouTube is going to give us a really beautiful opportunity to um, see a new crowd come along. Um, and shouldn't have any problem bringing a lot of you guys from the old crowd back. So um, for anybody who might be listening to this for the first time, welcome to the show. We hope to see you uh, live uh, on this podcast next Tuesday on YouTube. Um, Absolutely. We'll kind of get those details out a little bit better um, on our Facebook, if you follow us already, on our Twitter, if you follow us on Twitter, and on our Instagram, we'll make sure that uh, the links to the youtube are basically plastered everywhere so that somebody can join us and say hi or nobody you guys don't have to you're more than welcome to keep listening to this uh aftermarket version as well um so long story short thank you guys so much for being patient with us while we took a small hiatus and thank you so much for returning um and for anybody who's new thank you for joining absolutely and for (laughs) anybody who's new my name is daniel Across from me is Ethan. We are the Tennessee Twos Disc Golf Podcast, uh, and we appreciate having you here. That's right. That's right. And um, next Tuesday night, we should um, 100% be able to bring you a live uh, a live show, um, barring no more technical difficulties. YouTube put us on a countdown. Uh, cool down of sorts before we're able to actually go live there had to get everything verified um it's a good way to keep the riffraff out i guess and uh we got to prove that we're not riffraff so <laughs> yeah yeah apparently you know our our 17 
18, 20 episodes last year apparently wasn't enough to prove, but eh, eh, six to one, half know. dozen the other. Who knows? Um, the beauty of not being live for this episode is for anybody who has been keeping up with a lot of disc golf news and watches a lot of disc golf podcasts or listens to a lot of disc golf podcasts. This is going to be a huge regurgitation of the off season, yep. and it's just going to be our points of views. So if you guys don't really want to stay and, and listen to conversations about Simon all over again, you don't have to join us next week. It'll be more recent information. Um, we'll do some things like predicting uh, awards yep. for the 2023 season. Um, but tonight is going to be a really large recap of the off season because we've been gone for so long. Absolutely. And uh, to kick it off, I guess we're going to go ahead and start with uh, all of the sponsorship and contract moves. Um, yes. There's a lot of to, them. <laughs> to keep it short and sweet, we are not going to go over anybody who re-signed or extended. If you're interested in who re-signed or extended, you can use the same information that I'm using, which is the active contract tracker at Ulti World um, on their disc golf page. Um, it's all up to date. They've got a lot of information, but we're going to focus specifically on new contracts for 2023 only. Okay. Just to make sure everybody is aware of that. Um, anything else to add there? Nope. I believe we're good. Uh, all right. Get right on into it. Um, however, I don't know if you have that readily available to where we could just go ahead and pop this in here um but one of the biggest uh movements <laughs> i guess you would call it um throughout the offseason was lone star disc um lone star yeah. disc picked up quite a bit of players uh a lot um and they, they will yeah, they will actually be the the first person we talk about will be Lone Star, and I'm going to go in chronological order from um, right. the official signing announcement. So Sounds for good. you guys who might be watching or listening, it's going to be out of order by manufacturer. I'm not going to go over every manufacturer. I'm going to go over the chrono uh, chronology of when they signed and who they signed with. Right. But it just so happens that the first signing to talk about is Nicola Castro because his signing was the only one that officially happened uh, in 2022. Nice. Technically. And so. um, right before we get into talking about Nico, because that's, that's a big one, uh, we're going to go ahead and say that uh, Lone Star is our presenting sponsor, and we really do appreciate them. Uh, Lone Star is a family-owned and operated disc golf manufacturer located in Conroe, Texas. They pride themselves on being the only disc golf manufacturer that currently produces, stamps, and ships its own product directly from Texas. Their main focus is to provide consistent and high-quality discs to golfers all over the world. Um, make sure to keep your notifications on for Lone Star as the Frio and the Seguin, Seguin. Um, it, uh, up in Tennessee, I'm probably going to call it the Seguin, you know, it's just, but it might be the Seguin. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to those of you that live there. Um, you should be apologizing directly to Lone Star. I'm, I'm sorry, Lone Star. I'm sorry. <laughs> it just, you know, like... Look, they're new discs. If we pronounce them wrong, I'm sorry. I hope they put Correct a penguin in the comments. on there. Um, but keep those notifications on because uh, they are dropping uh, February 4th 
at all of your favorite Lone Star Disc retailers and online. So definitely check them out. All right. Uh, of course, we thank Lone Star so much for being our presenting sponsor um, for this episode and for, I mean, minimum the first half of this upcoming year. Oh, yeah. Um, so really appreciate that. Um, and yeah, let's let's hop right into it. Nico LaCastro. Um, obviously the biggest splash in terms of the first signing and the first notable newsworthy signing happened right. again before the turn of the year. It was basically the only big signing before the, the turn of the year. And, you know, Lone Star took a big chance. They did. Here. Um, I see no reason why it wouldn't pay off, but... I, I don't either. I mean... Um, and to be a little bit shocked, um, most of what I seen was everybody was glad that he was getting another chance, um, rather than yes. bashing him. So that's always good to see positive outlooks. Um, and we had kind of caught on to something at USDGC, remember, uh, to where right. I was, I seen on a Facebook story of Nico's, he was putting with jackrabbits, and um, he had some armadillos, <laughs> and I was like, hmm. So I messaged, yeah. I messaged Josh over at Lone Star real quick. I was like, well, well what's going on here? And he just gave me the <laughs> eye emoji, you know. <laughs> yeah. To to put it lightly, um. Quite a few of the Lone Star signings we had predicted uh, fairly early, comparatively to what anybody else did. Uh, but in in the name of not being a so-called leaky leaker, exactly, <laughs> we we didn't leak anything early. Uh, we didn't feel like it was fair because we did have an inside route to trade this information, and we didn't want to, you know, put stuff out there. Um, number one, if it didn't actually come to fruition because you know the nico signing was not technically done no at it that wasn't time done we yet. noticed that it was a possibility um and of course you know a few of the other signings that that we saw they, they were not you know set in stone we we knew that they were going to happen but that doesn't mean that it's going to happen there's always catches when you start talking about contracts so right. um you know, if we say something like, hey, you know, we, we kind of saw this one coming and you're like, oh, that's what everybody says. Well, we have an inside track and we didn't want to betray that. So that that's all I'm going to say. If you don't believe it, you don't have to. <laughs> and his uh, <clears throat> his signature discs, uh, the Jackrabbits. Yeah. Uh, I bag one. I love it. It's a very overstable putter. Um, Things. It's it's really good. Um, I haven't got my hands on a signature series yet. Um, I don't know. Have you have you seen one yet? No, I no, have not. not yet. Uh, and I was I was just down in my local store. Um, what day was that? On Sunday. Yeah. Sunday I was down in my local store. Uh, and I didn't I didn't see any with the special stamp. So right. I'm not sure if they're packaging and shipping those yet. It, they might be something that's kind of getting packaged and shipped and ordered along with the Frio and Seguin, um, for their first official that's run. So much I'm not better really than sure. I could have. Seguin. <laughs> <clears throat> it sounds yeah. Now it sounds right. I just had to hear somebody else say it first. 
the game. Okay. Oh, there you go. <laughs> uh, so, but what? I mean, I'm excited. I'm what excited was your, for it. What was your let it sink in reaction? Not your initial reaction, because you kind of felt it. But what was your let it sink in and thoughts of how does this help Nico? So, well, I'd have to I'd have to look at from a different perspective. Um, my my initial reaction was just wow, just wow in general. Um, and my kind of let it sink in reaction was this move instantly puts Lone Star on the map. Um, so I didn't think about it so much from the Nico perspective. The first time I let it sink in, I thought about it from Lone Star and right. what it was going to do for them. Because, I mean, my gosh, besides the massive signings that they continued to make throughout the offseason, this was the one that really kicked it off. And this was the one that was probably more surprising than any other one later on that we're going to talk about. Right. Um, and this put the media on blast, too. Mm -hmm. Any of the disc golf media, w whether you choose to call them media you know i don't care if it's a big account that you follow on twitter if it's getting out there it was some form of media and it put lone star on the map instantly not just a little hey you know that's a small company they look like they got something going and said no this was lone star's here to play yeah they're not playing games this season exactly you know, they're here to be a contender um and you know nico gives them a really good opportunity right off the bat to be contending i mean he started off very hot last year absolutely in a couple of different events and really kept a lot of pace going on uh, he got a little quieter um the farther into the season that you got and into you know the thing yeah the the moment um but you know he he always and he is still of the skill level i should say that he has the potential to make moves Right. At any given weekend. Yep. I agree. I agree. I I really like the Nico signing. So um who's number two? Who who was signed to a new contract second? So the first one of twenty twenty three, correct? First one of twenty twenty three. I believe this is thoroughly in chronological order, but correct me if I'm wrong. Um Thomas Gilbert and Thought Space Athletics. I had completely already forgot about this. Um, Thomas Gilbert, two years ago, two seasons ago, was making a lot of headlines, a lot of splashes. Yes. Um, this past season, however, I feel like he... I'm not so sure that he didn't take... A, I don't think he took a step back. I think a lot of others took a step forward. Um, to where he just wasn't on those chase cards, on those lead cards as much as we had seen him the season before. Yes. Um, so I think a change of pace for him is going to be a good thing. Yeah, and I, I think overall, um, I kind of got the feeling, I, I wouldn't go so far as to say he didn't take a step backwards, I think specifically he actually did come into the season and he struggled with confidence throughout the year. Right. Um, and that is essentially taking a step backwards. And, you know, one of the things that we know is that, you know, players that come in and, and learn a new disc or company or brand, 
Um, they might look a little rough the first couple of events of the season, but a lot of times they're spending so much more time practicing Motivated. than they did with their old bag because mm -hmm. of that motivation. I think you're going to see a different level of confidence out of him later in this year. I think so too. I think it can only be a good thing. Um, <coughs> plus, Thought Space has got some really cool plastic. They really do. Um, yes. They make some wicked stamps, too. I will 100% give them that. Yeah. Um, their artist team is very good. Um, Absolutely. So, so, yeah, that's that's one that Prodigy has lost. That's, yeah, we'll keep count on them. So, yeah. number one that, Pro that Prodigy lost. Uh, next new signing was Emerson Keith. The Lone Star. The next big name to Lone Star. Now, for anybody who's been listening to us uh, since the beginning, or at least since the middle, uh, if you guys remember, we had the very first, um, one of the very first big podcast episodes that included Josh Hofstra as the social media manager for Lone Star Discs. And he came in, he showed us some new discs, showed us some new stuff, played some games with us. But one of the things that he did in that episode was he hinted at a uh, at a new signing to expect at the end of this season right um this previous season um and obviously it wasn't something that he could really say too much more but they thoroughly felt that in their opinions uh he was a top 25 player on the circuit right. um and i think at the time if you look at the the numbers i think he's slipped slightly out of top 25 but he is he was in the top 25 when he first came on the show and, and talked to us about that um and uh, I can't remember. I think it might have been one of the times that we were all in Discord together. Um and uh we were all talking about it and I was like, look, man, I'm not gonna I'm not I'm not gonna tell you to tell me anything. I don't want <laughs> you to spoil it for me. But I'm gonna give you my prediction right now, and you're signing Emerson Keith at the end of the season. He's from Texas, he lives and breathes Texas outside of the Bruins, for anybody who knows. If you know, you know. Um <laughs> And I could absolutely see him coming closer to home and uh, being the first big light for that company. Now, obviously, he ended up being number two, unfortunately, right. but he was the first one that was hinted at, and mm -hmm. that was well in advance. Um, and that one really, really excites me. I think their disc lineup really suits his game particularly I think so too. well. Um, that power forehand, uh, the flexi forehands. Yep. Um, and you know how much he, he relies on those forehands. And we've had a couple of opportunities now to see him play if you go on to the Lone Star page, as well as uh, the GK Pro page, who covered an event, one of his first events, throwing Lone Star. Lone right. Star. Um, and he looked really good. You could tell he was uncomfortable with some stuff. Um, definitely still working out some kinks. It was Waco. It's windy at, at Bravo. you know. Yeah. It, so you could tell he's working out some kinks. But I think he's picking up on that bag very quickly. Um, for anybody who uh, is wondering, he just won one of their local events. Um, and actually, if you go on to the Lone Star Twitter and Instagram, you'll see that Lone Star took the entire podium at this event. Um, yeah. So that was pretty cool. That is pretty cool. I thought that was really cool. I've seen the, right. the post today. <laughs> yeah. That was that was really cool. Uh, we're going to talk about one extension only because uh, it does pertain to us here in the 
Tennessee market. For anybody who didn't see, um, we'll talk about her signing a little bit later. But uh, Mandahano has left um, Dynamic. And right. next in line to really kind of have an opportunity to take her spot as being the next best player behind Kona and her contract is Macy Villadiaz. So um, one year extension, I'm not going to, you know, leak any details or anything. We're going to try to get her on the show here in the preseason if we can for at least one episode, even if it's a shorter one, maybe not quite what we did last year with her where we had her on for most of the episode, probably something more like a 20 minute interview. Right. Um, But anything related to her contract, we'll let her spoil. But I did want to point that out that she's, really in line to to have a chance to absolutely to be the next man and i do know that she's she's hitting a a few more events um i believe she's actually hitting vegas this year yeah if i remember correctly that'll be good so as dynamic has lost mandahano hanley and page shoe so it's it's there for the taking (laughs) yeah there, there is an, an opportunity. Um, one of the things, if you guys follow her on social media too, is, is you might have noticed she kind of underperformed in the early part of the season, something that I didn't expect. I don't know that you expected either. No. Um, and she kind of came out and she she addressed that actually uh, on social media at one point in time. And she basically said, hey, you know, I this is my first year having a mostly full tour and I wasn't ready. I was... I didn't know how to prepare myself for the struggles and the failure. And she basically addressed that she struggled to go from event to event and let her, her struggles from the previous event go moving into the next event. And about three quarters of the way through the season was when she started to realize, Hey, you know, last week was last week. This week is this week. It's time to perform. And interestingly enough, as you watched her season kind of progress from that point on, you saw a lot more top 10 finishes and being in contention, a lot of lead cards and, and not so much, you know, she got herself onto a few lead cards last year before this. And every lead card was just like, Oh, what are you doing? Yeah. Uh, And the later part of the season, there was a lot more confidence. So it'd be really exciting to see what, uh, what our local FPO hero can do here in the Knox region. There you go. Um, but that's that's the only extension we're really going to spend any time on, just because it's the Tennessee Twos. Got to <laughs> talk about Tennessee a little bit. That's right. All right. <laughs> Moving on. More from Lone Star. Who would have thought? Who would have guessed? They made all the early season splashes, okay? Uh, next signing was Deanne Carey, the mm-hmm. Diesel. I'm excited for this one. I was so excited when I'm, I heard this one. I'm stoked about this one. Because, I... <laughs> you know, we had we had talked with Josh a couple of times, and, and a few times, like, we talked about, he had talked about an MPO signing. We had that feeling Nico was going, but we didn't know what's their move on the, M, uh, on the FPO side. And this this was the, the big one. Um and I, I, for one, is am just extremely excited to see what's going to happen. Yeah, I, I think that. Um, so, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but all she's ever threw is Innova. So she's kind of, uh, like a Haley King of sorts, you know, to where. Yeah. Uh, she had threw Innova for a long time and then swapped over, um, and then. 
I, so I don't know if we're going to see a lull or a huge step forward. Um, <laughs> I, uh. it's, it's hard to, you know, nobody can predict, but um, I really think that the excitement containing Lone Star Disc and everything, all the new signings, all of the team presence, and all of their discs is going to have a huge impact on how she succeeds too. Yeah, and and to be completely honest, like I know quite a few FPO players and how they build their bags. I know the ones that use max weight. I know the ones that throw mid weights. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know much about what DM threw. I don't um, either. I could I could have told you a couple of discs out of her bag maybe a few months ago when I was still a little more fresh on my mind. But, um, I, I mean, she's coming along at the perfect time with the Lima Plastic really advancing their lineup uh, yeah. in the midweight section. Um, and, you know, she's she's got some, some decent power hidden in there as well. So she shouldn't have any problem with the fact that Lone Star is pretty dominantly overstable currently. Yes. Yeah, I agree. I think it's a good fit. And her brother as well. That um, is, of course, the very next one because yep. they announced it on the same day. Yeah, <laughs> the Carey. Uh, AJ Carey, yep. also coming along to uh, Lone Star Disc. Now, interestingly enough, just based on field size, DM Carey obviously gets a lot more attention overall. Right. Um, she's a lot more visible, but uh, I don't see any anything that could be negative about this move for AJ as well. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. Absolutely, I, I think he he's going to fit the mold. Uh, pretty perfectly. I know he's got some um, pretty quiet power himself as yeah. well from the things that I've heard and seen. Um, so it'll be exciting to see what he can do throwing some of that plastic. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, that's uh, always my favorite part of like the beginning of the season. That's how we they get us every year. They get us every year. It's <laughs> yeah. like they'll be going into Vegas, which is the worst event in the season, and we're all so so excited because we're like, wonder how they're going to throw. Golf. Wonder how they're going to do. Live I need disc it. Golf. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So, kudos. Yeah, to, kudos to them because they know what they're doing. They, um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm excited to see how all of these new signees uh, throw some plastic. Yeah, really, really see how they work them out. Um, the next new signing was uh, actually Stacy Ronsley making the full move to Castaplast. Um, love it. Look, I, I, I really do. I have to say, I love Lone Star Discs, and I love what they do for us here at the podcast. But in terms of just pure hand feel, Castaplast has the best plastic on the market, and I'm so glad. I was so scared when they announced the, um, you know, partial at the very least buyout with latitude that the plastic would change and it yeah. wouldn't be what we that, came we to talked know about love. that for a long time i was so afraid and so far nothing has happened nothing has changed um and i'm just excited to see more cast blasts out there because there isn't a lot out there right now right um and i'm super stoked to see more of it yeah i mean <laughs> that's my biggest thing yeah and you know here on the podcast we're fans of all disc golf you know so, well, most disc golf. 
I don't, I don't really know anything that I don't like, but I'm sure there's probably something out there. Um, but I mean, I have a dog. I literally have I literally have a dog, and I named her Casta. <laughs> you know, so like, um, it's much just to because, the dismay of your wife. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, she. Uh, I I think Stacy Ronsley. She was completely open bag last year, correct? Uh, you know, I don't I don't remember off the top of my head. I thought she leaned in one direction in particular. Maybe. Oh, but I was thinking that's... that she was an open bagger. Um I know like she seemed to be off put and off by herself a lot. Um yes. but um maybe maybe getting on a team uh in a team environment could really help her on that too um you know and she might just not not want that kind of interaction i I have no clue but you know uh, and and for somebody who's you know i I, it's funny how you know in your early days of disc golf i find that it's almost better for players to sign with a you know a smaller team not necessarily a small team but a, a a specific company yeah um because Personally, speaking from experience, I am somebody who loves trying new discs, and I have no loyalties when it comes to trying new stuff. Um, I have a couple of companies I'm a little averted from based on hand feel. I just don't like the way they feel in my hand. But Mm -hmm. for the most part, outside of that, I love trying new stuff. Uh, And I think that a lot of players who are at her level could benefit from focusing down a little bit. Yeah. Um, if she, you know, if you're throwing an open bag at, at that age and that level, you might not be as focused in your disc choices as you could be. And this will definitely help you kind of pinpoint a little bit better. You know, when you get a little older and you, you've played for a long time, sometimes switching back to an open bag is a really good choice. But I think for, for the younger players, it's actually a really good thing to narrow down their, um, choices right no i completely agree i think we can all speak to the fact that uh when you have too many choices it can be very overwhelming and sometimes you don't make the best choice right yeah that is um the next new signing uh and this is the only new acquisition for innova this year is juna heinen I can't speak to it. I don't know enough about Juna to really say. Um, But it is a two-year contract, uh, and it is new for Innova. So we'll see how that plays out. Yeah. Um, You know, out on the European tour, we're going to see a little more of, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, But I just, I don't know enough to speak to that. I I don't don't, know. I do not either. Fair enough. In that case, we will continue on. Uh, Maria Oliva made the next big splash in chronological order, and that is Thought Space. Um, it was about time for Thought Space to to bring on an FPO player. I thought so as well. It? Yeah, I, I so, was kind of. We was kind of. We were kind of wondering um, when they would make a full deal to uh, some FPO player. Yes. Yeah. So they got a good um, one. I, yeah, that's going to be really exciting. Uh, Maria had her fair share of struggles last year, but towards the end of the season, it really felt like she had dialed in a lot of her game. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, this new switch to a company is probably going to ignite some new excitement and motivation Yeah, for her. Absolutely. Um, and 
Uh, da, 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 da. She is currently, at least last time I looked, she was currently dating Luke Sampson, right? I believe so. I I think so. But I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't because, be comfortable being quoted on it. Yeah, because I don't keep in, up with discussion. In relationships. my mind in my mind <laughs> I was thinking I was like, Oh, that sets up perfectly for her to go to Castaplast. Yeah. yeah and, you thought. And then I was like, Nope. Well thought split thought space <laughs> athletics instead. Oh you thought. <laughs> I thought. But no, I I think it's a good move for both parties. Um it's kind of the same thing you said with uh, Stacy. Um, it's like getting out from under the umbrella uh, a little bit and focusing in on some new stuff and, you know, go from there. I think she can really grow her game because her game had took uh, leaps and bounds last year, in my opinion. Yes. Yeah, I, I mean, even just within the season, not just last year in general. Yeah. Um. You know, because there were definitely some times where I expected to see her up uh, towards the leaderboard, and I would check, and I'm like, "Wow, she's yeah. she is not going to cash." Right. <laughs> uh, but towards the end of the season, it really felt like she was there a lot. Exactly. Yeah, she um, kind of got it all together. So uh, the next string of signings uh, was all from Clash: um, James Proctor, Scott Withers, and Erica Stinchcomb. Um, I'll start with Erica. Because, again, Clash is, is definitely one that definitely needed to add some FPO presence as well. Yep. Um, and I think they got a great one. It was a really solid opportunity to, to get their discs out there. Absolutely. Um, so you said you wanted to start with Erica? Yeah. Okay. So it's kind of it, – it really sucks for Westside uh, to start off with to, to lose Erica. Um because even though she wasn't like at the top of the leaderboard, right. um, you know, every single time it, she was a household name. Everybody knew her because of the discs, the sword. Um, I mean, they had really, really good signature series discs for her, and she yes. got a lot of recognition because of those, and. Then towards the end of the season where we actually got to see, you know, kind of in the northeast swing where she started uh, really piling on a bunch of good performances. Um, we all kind of got to see how she plays and see what yes. kind of see what kind of professional athlete she is. And she is not a slouch. She is very good. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I think no, Clash, absolutely. I think Clash really. uh really hit some hit some gold here. I'm not going to lie. I feel like it's a great great pickup by Clash. Uh yeah, absolutely. Uh what about Scott Withers? So I have to put these two together. I I have to Scott Withers and James Proctor because I mix them up all the time. <laughs> um <laughs> I just do. Um they're both Innova guys. They're both older um I know they said that it was James Proctor, correct? That correct me if I'm wrong. That was the teacher that didn't want to go full time onto touring, or was that Scott Withers? 
I I can never remember. <laughs> All right, we'll see. I, I mix right. them up just as bad as you do. Okay. I just know that every time we get up into the Northwest is when we get to see them. Yes, exactly. You know, <laughs> and uh, I love watching them because they are I, great. They are they are so great players. And, and I'm then, hoping that with them getting this uh this sponsorship from Clash is that yep. we see them on tour all year. I hope that they tour the whole time. That would be um best case scenario and if Clash can make that happen, then it's a absolute win. Or at least get them outside of their home regions. Um even right. if they don't go full tour this year, get maybe them do like a Chris Dickerson a type events. tour. Um, yeah, I think that might even be asking asking a lot. I mean, it, I don't, I don't know. I, I know, I know. It. Chris's break was real long, but um, yeah, you know, because I, I know that you know they're still going to be expecting Eric Oakley to kind of be their their main front man, as it is right now, um, and he's going to be their touring pro, right, technically. Right. Um, but Eric Oakley has his name in so many bags right now. It's really hard to distinguish him with Clash. That's what I was about to, to like say. I was like, guys. I was like, why? why? I I missed that one. It, so did Eric Oakley sign with Clash? Like, yeah, technically it's an extension. It's just not exclusive. No, no, okay. no exclusivity. Um. So and I don't. He's doing I don't like know enough the about Scott Stokely type thing now, or <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, Stokely has he's his... like he's like anybody that'll give me a signature disc, I'll throw it. You know. <laughs> yeah, I. I mean, so Oakley is still going to be dominantly infinite, right? Right. Um, but you know, he's still a very good name to kind of have attached to you. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, especially uh, if you're the even social if it's media just, part of it alone will yeah, help out. Exactly. All right. Continuing on back to Lone Star. Wow. Who would have thought that there was more Lone Star? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, Lone Star doubling down on their FPO presence with the signing of Lisa Fakus. Were you ready for that? I did not. After they signed Deanne Carey, I was like, "Oh, that's that. That's their FBO presence." I was like, "That's that's it. That's, that's it. the one. That's that's it." And then when I seen where Lisa had signed, and it kind of flew under the radar a little bit. I, maybe mm-hmm. maybe it was just me, but I was like, it had happened like three days prior, and I just had seen it, and I'm like, "What? What? Are you serious? Is this fake?" <laughs> Like, cause I thought everybody was just trying to like Photoshop red shirts, and uh, nope, and it wasn't <laughs> there was fake. that that was that was a thing that, that happened was a for, thing right for quite a while. So I thought it was fake, like legitimately <laughs> thought it was fake, and I had to do a little research. I was like, oh, oh my god, this is real. This is real. I was like, I can't wait to throw something that's Lisa Fakus's. Like, this is awesome. She she is uh she has always been one of my subtle favorites in the FPO yes. division. Um, every podcast she's ever been on, or commentary, love it. I, 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 I don't know. I just like hearing her. <laughs> like, yeah. the way that she talks, perfection. I like it. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think it's and it, she plays pretty great, good too. So. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a great pickup. Um, I mean, at the very least, Lisa finds herself on you know a few lead cards throughout the year. Yeah. Um. And with Lone Star also sponsoring the Music City Open this year, um, 
being the presenting sponsor, I would almost imagine you can expect her on the feature card day one. Uh, I would be very surprised not to see her and Deanne on, at the very least, one on the chase card, one on the lead card for GGN. I don't know. I feel like they might have uh, Leah up there too maybe it's also also quite possible um i would say leah probably is gonna slide more into that chase card than the feature right um but who knows yeah who knows i'm excited to find out she might slide in and be the feature oh yeah because she is the long stander yeah um but yeah i i mean just absolutely you know tripled their fpo presence if not you know quadrupled it Right. Uh, in two signings, essentially. Yeah. Um, and that's pretty exciting to see. The other Lone Star signing, uh, Robert Burge. Sneaky. Sneaky. You, who, you watch. Who's Hot not? take. Hot take right now. He gets <laughs> okay. a podium finish in the first half of the season. I'd say that's a, a, a just hotter than warm take. <laughs> first third of the season ha huh. all right i'll give you that okay <laughs> no he's uh he's yeah. really really good he's young and but man big he's big got arm. a huge arm and that's gonna really help him out in that first half of the season i think so too. that's why i say it's such a, it's kind of <laughs> like a warm warm take because i, I hate uh, how he's, much he's you out know. there i don't like that come on man he <laughs> is just out there uh throwing the mocking hurts 550 feet quietly yeah. quietly just, you're talking i mean what is the mockingbird a seven speed yeah it's just freaking smashing it out there <laughs> like look 400 450 feet with the seven speed disc that is literally elite arm talent that is literally how to kill a mockingbird okay that is that is massive to be like yeah i'm just gonna pump this out 556 feet <laughs> On the first day, I'm throwing it. <laughs> yeah. Let me see what this can do. <laughs> and, I mean, I'm sure we all remember his legendary, legendary duel um, at Des Moines Challenge. Yeah. So. Yeah. Look, he has he has eyes on him. Yeah, he does. He has eyes on him. That's all I got to say. Um... We are going to go back to James Proctor for a second okay. because he also added Thought Space. So Clash and Thought Space. Yeah. Okay. So I think I think what we're seeing here is is kind of like I said I don't know that Clash is really ready to support right um a full time touring pro in and of themselves just right. yet. Um, I don't know. I I would want to say Clash made some really big splashes this year, but I think you're still looking at clash being at the level that we saw lone star at last, last year, year which was the touring pro you're going to be required to throw this percentage of the bag as clash and then mixed for the rest right. might be a little bit uh larger of a percentage than what lone star did last season um but definitely i, I don't think their their lineups uh able to support a, a full bag just yet right i can see that uh mason ford yeah, I didn't slid on down to mint. I this is one I didn't expect. I'm gonna be honest. I expected. I so the Twitterverse was was talking about this one a little more. 
because it came in conjunction his departure announcement i think was at the same time as val's yeah um and the word on the street was is and keep in mind this was when we knew that lone star had one more mpo and one more fpo signing so the climate was very much so lone star or mint and both of them go which of course didn't happen um but you know at least on the twitterverse it was a little less surprising because it was it was very well publicized on the twitter side that they expected both of them to go to a texas company yeah (laughs) and that was that was that i uh i don't know enough about mint discs i i know i've threw the goat and i've threw the lobster um i i know that i put out a tweet a little while back where i just asked people to give me yeah one disc what is the one disc that you would recommend i try this year ended up getting like 80 plus responses and i saw a lot of jackalopes in there Oh yeah, um, that's that their understable the, fairway, right? That's their. Uh, I don't know if it's understable. I thought it was more like T-Birdish. Oh, maybe. I seems like I remember the disc golf podcast. Um, doing and they're like huge proponents. Uh, out in California of the uh, the jackalope, and I think, of course, I don't know how big an arm they have, but. It is a little more uh, understable. It's actually so it's more of a folk. Yeah, okay. Uh, eight speed, five glide, negative two one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. but I do know if I, I'm pretty sure that their plastic runs on the more overstable side compared to Casta. So I'd imagine it's not as flippy as a folk ends up being. Yeah, maybe um, maybe not. But I don't definitely know. understable. I hadn't threw one. No, no, but I know that it was getting a ton of love. That's so always a good. Love. That's always a good sign. Always a good sign. Yes. As long as you can have that one disc hit, um, people will try the rest of your lineup because they love that disc so much that they're like, oh, right. let's see what else they make. Um, so, yeah, I, yeah. What, are you, what are your thoughts on that signing overall, though? Mason so, throwing, throwing the mint, um, the minties. I am not sure if it's a full bag. Yet. I don't know if it could be i don't know if mint uh, has I'm the full lineup i i'm pretty sure that he has not signed with anybody else right so i don't know if that it's exclusivity um plus a percentage right so he can't sign with anybody else but he can throw other things or not yeah i'm i i would be curious to know that because if it's completely just a mint bag um I think we're going to get to see just how talented Mason is and what he can right. do with what he has. Um, I remember, I mean, two years ago when I walked with the lead card, um, Mason was, like, astounding to watch. And that was that was the year that he won the Music City Open. Yes. And he he was, like, I actually have his um, signature right there on that on that card. Hey, um, there you go. So I'm a fan of Mason, and I hope that this does well for him. But it is not what I would have expected. No. Uh, so they have uh currently a 13 
disc lineup in production. So, but again, so they we have haven't enough. seen him. I don't have think it's I just... see his name on another brand currently. It might pop up somewhere that I'm not seeing. I don't see it. So, I would have to guess at that point. Then you're talking an exclusivity deal plus uh, open open ended bag, right? And that's um, something to watch, you know. But congratulations to Mint for getting Mason. Um, yeah, that's a big get. It is a big get. Uh, a lot of people may not think that, um, but uh, I feel like we and there's a lot of people out there that are really paying attention to disc golf. They know how Mason, how how good Mason is. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I'm gonna go out of chronological order here, real quick. Okay. And since we're talking about Mason, let's talk about Valerie Mandahano as well, just because there was a lot of talk that they would go together wherever they went. So Mason uh, signing with Mint essentially closed the door on that. Yeah. Um, because I think that if they both went the same place, it was going to be Lone Star. Lone Star really is is the only other company in that that niche category that has a full bag availability right. um, in their lineup size right now. And I don't know that Lone Star would have been able to afford both of them on top of what they had already signed. Right. I, um, that's Valerie, you know, she deserved Josh, a, a max contract. Yeah. Uh, and... and you know, I don't know that they couldn't afford it. You yeah. know, when we talked to Josh a couple of different times last year, he was very convinced that <laughs> yeah. they would be competitive in the market. And they, they definitely were. They absolutely were. But if Valerie Mandahano pulled a uh, Tatar Panis type contract, I don't think Lone Star could have fronted that on top of what they already forked out. Right. That, um, that would be like a, and I, a next year signing. You, you know yeah, what I mean? Like to where exactly. they, they've got this influx of players and then so yeah for anybody who's who's like hey i mean you haven't even mentioned where the heck she's going and you don't already know discraft. um discraft so um, she signed with discraft and, and i have to say you know if you look at that side by side and you think well why didn't she sign mint and infinite or something along those lines i think i, I i'm confident in the concept that mint is an exclusivity plus open-ended bag um and they were not going valerie was not going to take that kind of a deal um the lineup's not big enough to support valerie single-handedly yeah. i don't think she was going to go to an open-ended bag somewhere and uh there was nobody that i really think of looking at any of the list that screams hey you know i I'm going to give you that type of a contract. Right. And it's also worth having the open-ended bag or signing somewhere else because I'm going to sign you to less or, or this, and that, and the other. So Discraft offered what she was looking for and Alexis re-upped with Discraft as well. Right. It makes so, sense um, to have the Mondahano sisters. Honestly, Discraft got a killer. Like, yeah. I, that's who they like. They like the elite you know what i mean they, yeah. they 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 like and i'll use i'll use a competition elite level athlete term they like a killer instinct player exactly and mandahano fits that bill we talked about mandahano mandahano so smells blood exactly page pierce smells blood i was mandahano's Kristen biggest Tatar. fan last year 
you know. Smells blood. Okay. Paul Macbeth smells, smells blood. blood. They want that. They they drive for it. And I have no doubt that if any company could have afforded uh you know whatever Paige Pierce is already making and added another one, it was Discraft. Yeah. No, I agree. I completely because agree. I mean I mean where where else does she go? Innova? No. There's nothing for her there. No. You know what I mean? I just I completely so, agree with that. I uh, I yeah. think that I... Discraft fits her it fits her. Like I can see her repping Discraft. I I can I already see it. You know what I mean? Like it's of course her sister looks very similar and I see that. So <laughs> We've um, already seen it. It's it's fair. there. Uh, to be fair. Yeah. Uh, you know. to be fair. Now they can swap uh, clothes. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they can just have a complete wardrobe in that big old bus. Oh my gosh. Ow. Just start getting Manahano sister like merch. Mason's gonna end up getting kicked off of that bus. Because, you know, it was Mason and Val on one side for Dynamic, and then it was Alexis on the other side with just Discraft. Now it's going to be like, it's going to be like, he's going to have like a quarter section of the, beside the muffler over here, and it's going to be Discraft, Discraft. He's going to get the back. Yeah. And then. Oh, true. I bet that's what it is. He's going to get the back, and then it's going to be Alexis Alexis on one side, and and Val Val on the other side, (laughs) and then a big Discraft logo on the hood. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's mint. gosh. All right, back to chronological order. Gavin Babcock making noise, yes. signing with Disc Mania. Did you expect this to make this no. much noise? <laughs> I didn't expect it to come. First of all, but um, like not surprised was... that it made big noise. I I was a um, little surprised that it made this much noise. I like. So he, here's the thing. I think part of the reason it. Any Discmania signing was automatically immediately elevated by mm-hmm. the Simon Chronicles, yeah. and that's all I'm going to call it until we get into um, his, which we're going to go out of order for him as well. Uh, sorry for anybody who's listening. We're going to save him to the very last one we talk about. Uh, but any Discmania signing was instantly elevated by the Simon Chronicles because yeah. there was so much speculation by this point in time, um, and it was not quiet. It was everywhere. Um, so I'm not surprised it made that much noise. Uh, the question is how much of that noise was made because it was a really good signing versus because of the situation surrounding it. Right. Um, you know, I think, I think it's about 50, 50, number one, great signing. We saw awesome stuff, uh, out of Gavin last year. I mean, who doesn't remember when he won the Traeger at Champions Cup? For a CTP, he threw basically as the first card on the course the first day. Yeah. And that CTP held the whole weekend. The whole weekend. The whole weekend. And he has the most iconic step putts. He really does it so clean. His step putts are the best in the game. Um, That'll be a topic for, for a later date, man. That is a huge source of contention in the disc golf community right now yeah uh step putts uh, that, yeah. that's a conversation for another day but we'll we're definitely there. talking about that but, we're uh, gonna maybe we that. should have gavin on when when, when we talk about that that would be oh oh yeah <laughs> i'll leave spicy. i'll leave you to signing <laughs> signing that one up <laughs> spicy meatball, but... yeah yeah i'm i'm really excited um 
you know, with with the big loss that they took, um, you know, it's going to elevate him uh, in profile yeah, just just because of that. And so it's going to be really fun to watch. I can't wait to see him throw a Cloudbreaker. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. Um, Gavin is one of the players Honestly, that doesn't doesn't show it a lot while he's on tour, but he could definitely unlock that unlimited power level. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it's there. It's he there. throws a lot of low speed discs um, <laughs> and gets that kind of distance. So I don't know. Maybe uh, yeah. they let him uh, be a baby crush boy. You know, and and <laughs> little, try little to grow in. Boy. <laughs> yeah, because the dude is jacked. All right, <laughs> the dude is jacked. He's, he's he's just like you know a couple protein shakes and maybe an injection of uh, mis- mystery liquid away from being Ezra. <laughs> <laughs> no, you did not say that. <laughs> 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 look i'm not saying as we did. know i'm know. just saying that he looks like he did he does look like he did um because <laughs> ain't nobody getting that way off of beans i'm telling you right now i ain't never seen no beans look like that make, make a man look like that <clears throat> come on l- listen listen okay who who's ever looked at that guy and thought <clears throat> that's natural <laughs> like I mean that's not too that's not too far off of Barry Bonds and I mean Barry Bonds nah nah well nah <laughs> well <laughs> nah he is he's he's, he's jacked yeah he's bro. he's yoked he's different he's different <laughs> he's built different bro yeah for real though <laughs> anyways uh, Gavin Back Babcock I'm super excited to see what he does um can't wait to see him throw FDs all over the course yep. That'll be really fun. Uh, Maria Oliva coming around again because, again, Thought Space is definitely a lineup that cannot support a, a player um, by itself. So she also signed along to Infinite. Now, one of the things I really liked about some of these Thought Space athletic signings the last couple of years <laughs> is that they have been the first signing. Right. Um, and I, I can almost guarantee you that anybody who has signed with Thought Space knew that they were going to sign with Infinite. And Infinite kind of tipped the cap and let them sign with with yeah. Space first, and I thought that's I, I think that's really cool because it kind of saw that trend. Like Infinite knows they're the mixed bag company, um, and they're giving precedence to the you know the, the, the other because he, because here's the thing, you give precedence to that manufacturer because you're also the biggest mixed dealer online, um, exactly. which means that you're it also going to make money business. off of the pro tour series that thought space right? yep. i mean it's a brilliant brilliant business planning and but it's also beautiful beautiful to kind of just see that tip of the cap like yeah you you get your your um your single company signing out there we'll announce you you yep. know that's so that's right. really cool i like seeing that uh no surprise to see a uh, player of oliva status uh get that that mixed bag thrown in there holland handley This was kind of the first one that we really saw in the off season that rehashed all of the the yeah. January of 2022 conversations of what is going on at Innova. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was 2022 all over again when she announced her departure. Um, she signs with Discraft um, again. The thing, Wait. Uh, this is a great preparation signing. I think if I really think about it. Back up. 
Back, 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 she back, wasn't back, with back. Annabeth. No. What? She wasn't really? with Annabeth. She was with Dynamic. I swear she was. Uh, You're thinking oh, of Holly yeah. Finley. No, I'm never thinking of Holly Finley. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mix Holland up with um European that I'm just brain farting right now. Um, Anna? she's yes. I mix Holland and Henna up very Got consistently. You. Um. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, I took you completely off track. I'm sorry, but yeah, no, no, no. So, but, but you're right. So it wasn't, it wasn't that it rehashed, um, Innova. It was it hashed dynamic in the same light as Innova. There we go. Uh, We're back on track. That's what it was because they lost. They did lose Val and Holland and uh, Paige. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah so that was that was a triple whammy departure and and i mean yeah. the page shoe one was just so so surprising for so many people um i think of of all the departures that was the one that people really thought oh what is happening over yeah. there no i completely so agree. It, it it hashed <laughs> dynamic into that that weird like what's going on over there yeah kind of kind of conversation and i i i came up with the answer um that i think Personally, that you're talking about um, three really, really solid players that went to Dynamic and said, "Hey, you see what you paid? I me? outperformed Canis. Uh, I outperformed Panis last year. What can we do?" Mm-hmm. And they said, uh, "Re-up your contract from last year. Add a signature series disc. How about that?" And yeah. they all said. Yeah, see you never. <laughs> yeah, no. I, I that's, think that's what it that's what it really felt like to me. I think um, we're getting to see to the point now, at least in the FPO stage of dynamic, uh, that the Kona contract has indeed hurt them. Um, yes, I'm not. Sa- um, I mean, I'm not she's saying still, like it hurt them money wise. You know what I mean, uh, necessarily, which it did, but. It hurt them with negotiations moving forward. Yeah, well, because I mean, they kind of went went half in, half out with how how the season ended up going, because of course they're a part of trilogy, and the other trilogy mega deal for the FPO side was a symphony. Yeah, you know what I mean. And then there was her side, which was she got so behind and lacked so much confidence throughout the season and got a lot of hate on her socials and where she makes her money as a disc golfer that she actually had to stop posting for a while because it only made everything worse right um and i have to say i mean to come out of all of that and still basically have the best dynamic uh tour series disc sales from the fpo side is pretty impressive it is impressive Outs, um, yeah. She she sold she sold a lot of tour series discs last I, year. From I expect a I rebound this year from Kona. I truly do. Yeah, I really interesting to see where her headspace is going to be at this upcoming year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's going to be in a better place. I think so too. I I think, um, 
We're rooting for you, know, you we, Kona. We, we, Truly. We talk, about, we talk about how the first few events when you're with your new bag um, are never going to look great. Ricky looked suspect until Texas State. Yeah. Um, he really did. He, he was pretty sus with his bag. And then it all fell in line. Now, the problem is, is that it felt like Kona never, never found the confidence in her bag that she was looking for. And I think she, I'm hoping uh, that she was able to kind of hit that reset button and come into this year. And now she's going to have had her bag, um, probably made a couple of changes, but she's going to go into the season with confidence in her bag, as opposed to trying to find the confidence through the season and just not finding it. Right. Little sidetrack there, uh, no big deal. <laughs> uh, we already talked about Val to Discraft, so we don't really need to talk about that one again. We have one final, really, really big Discraft signing, and then another Discraft signing that is one off of Discraft. Uh, let's start with the off Discraft, which was Austin Hannum to DGA. I mean, I could have. Guess that with my eyes closed. I mean, I, I did. <laughs> Nobody's. Uh, there was nobody surprised by that one. We're gonna be honest. Um, yeah. No, I mean, it, it, I I I've pride myself on not keeping up with disc golf relationships, but yeah, I mean, that we one are. is pretty loud. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that that one's not exactly the the most quiet relationship, and it seems to be a pretty strong relationship. So, you know. It is what it is. Yeah. Hashtag sorry, Yuli. I mean, what? <laughs> Did I say that? Oh, man, that was a long time ago, though. Yeah. That was a long time. But anyways, I'm pretty pretty excited for it. I'm, I am I mean, Austin Hannum has unreal forearm talent. Oh, um, yeah. And it's just, it's about whether he can kind of hone that in. But you know, I mean, he's going to be throwing hypercanes all over the place. With oh that yeah, forehand. he he'll and do it's fine be fun there. To watch. Yeah, he'll do yeah. absolutely fine. We'll see him here and there, just like we normally do. Yep. And he's going to make some splashes, uh, yeah. like he usually does. And I I I don't, I wouldn't be surprised if his game gets better, but I also wouldn't be surprised if it stays right where he is. So. Yes. Um, he he kind of holds the key to uh, his success with yeah, any yeah, disc absolutely. that he uses. So, all right the the final uh final massive big, if you will, announcement from Discraft. There's a few more Discraft signings that we'll talk about. Um, but how about the go get from Anthony Barella? I, I don't. I mean, Paul had so much to do with that. Like, that's that's the that's the kid. You know what he, I mean? He's, he's the kid. Paul's little protege. Exactly. He's um, a really tall protege. Really tall and really <laughs> far throwing protege with great hair. And yeah. um, I, I will say it right now that A B finds himself this year. Yeah, I think I, I, I've seen I've seen enough of what has been on camera between Paul's channel um, and the Shelly Sharp Memorial to yep. 
say that he's going to probably fit in that Ricky last year. Uh, you know, he was in contention at LVC last oh, yeah. year. Um, he'd probably be close. I think he's definitely going to be confused. Um, Vegas is a really weird place in terms of elevation versus wind versus openness yep. and exposure. Uh, and that's going to put his knowledge of a new bag to the test. Oh, yeah. Uh, so he is going to be tested out there. I'm interested to see exactly how he responds um, yeah, and again, how his – how his... <laughs> it. <laughs> It'll be they interesting just let to everybody how, else how do bag. the work. <laughs> uh, that was the most exciting, unexpected uh, signing for me. I, I didn't even know that Inaba was uh, had him as a free agent. I, I, it's so hard to tell with Inaba players what's going on. Like, <laughs> Inaba does their thing now, where it's just like they announce all of their signings at one time, and that's it. Yeah, you know, outside of Calvin. Yeah, they locked Calvin up immediately after the season. They were like, "You're staying." <laughs> well, I mean, literally, Calvin is a top five player in the world, and your last face. He is the last face. If you have any chance of selling discs, <clears throat> for the most well, part, I, don't 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 hold me to that. I'm talking about like from the competitive scene. <laughs> to the competitive scene, yes, yeah, um, absolutely, yeah. Um, because let's be honest, I mean, you're just not you're not going to see Nathan Queen going out there and selling enough wraiths to really talk about. Right, he's gonna sell a lot if he plays this whole season, and his shoulder stays decked. But it nothing like what you see sales wise. And I, th I thought it was really funny at the beginning of that whole scenario where everybody was like, "Calvin might leave this year. Calvin Did might leave this year." And I'm like, "I'm like, bro, he just released his first creator series with them. Yeah, no, a month ago, he is signing. And then it was like a week later that they were like, "We're re-signing Calvin Heimberg." Yeah, I was like, that surprised me. Yeah. <laughs> That was, uh, so, but no, but you know, losing Anthony and bringing him along, that that was a little bit surprising to me because the thing about about Anthony is he is the epitome of underperforming his talent level. Well, that's what I was about to say. He's like the protege of, or is that no? He is the prodigy, I guess. Uh, what is the prototype? He is the disc golf prototype. There we go. Yes. That's, that's the word. Like, tall. He's Ganon Burr before Ganon Burr was Ganon Burr. Exactly. Exactly. He, he, yeah. He is the prototype. And what he can do with a disc, some people can't ever physically do. You Absolutely know? not. So, and I mean, if you really want to look at it, and a lot of people will be like, well, I mean, how did, how did Ganon Burr do what Ganon Burr last year if he's just the new Anthony Barella? And... It's called Headspace, everybody. Yep. Anthony Barella, um, he locks his mental game very quickly when he meets adversity. Um, a lot quicker than most players his talent level. Because if he could recenter and refocus his headspace after bogeys yeah. better than he does. And you can see it in he would be a world champion He already. shows it. Yeah, his, his and it's, cheeks a, it's get immediate. Red, like yeah, like you know when things are about to turn downward for AB. Yeah, um, he he is the epitome of 
of needs to needs to find a new headspace while he's playing. And um, I think being on a team full of legends is going to help that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I would imagine he's going to be spending a lot of time with Paul again, and we all know he was Paul's little protege. And that's going to continue. And don't expect anything less. I Paul, Paul. Hmm. What what if what if we saw this off season? What if it really was is Anthony Barella? He texted Paul and says, "I don't want to be I don't want to be beat by this uh, version two point of me anymore this season. I I don't want that to happen this season." And Paul says, "Come over to Gis- Discraft. We'll spend a little time together. I'll make sure you won't lose to Ganon ever again." <laughs> uh, can we get a movie started? Is that because <laughs> like we i feel like we're starting this rivalry between a b and ganon burr a b and gb going at it you know what i mean and it's like they probably love each other but like <laughs> but the just, modern disc golf prodigies yes just just imagine like the the fun that could be had making a, a movie about oh, about absolutely you know right. the next ricky and paul i, I was I surprised would, to see in in some of those videos too, though, with with uh, Anthony Barella, I was surprised to see um, that he was maining a nuke more than he was maining a Zeus or a Force. Um, a Zeus, yeah, he the, kinda, the combination of Zeus and Force. I mean, he kind of pulled the Ezra. But um, uh, to be fair, I, I want this to be very clear to everybody. The nuke is still my um, favorite too. So, yeah, but also like the nuke offers the zeus in a higher a higher speed it really does especially for his arm speed it's going to be flippy like a zeus like a high level arm talent player is going to throw zeus but with that extra push um paul designed the zeus for him he took a prototype that was available and he said i can make that a good disc and that's what we got right um side note i'm really excited i actually came across uh from one of our followers here in the knoxville region who had a prototype Kong. Oh. And that is going in my bag this season. Oh, did you get it from him? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I got it. I got it from him. I'm wow. really, really excited about that. Uh, the other thing that I'm really excited about is when I was at the disc golf store the other day. Here's a little sidetrack for you guys. Don't worry about it. Tangent uh, time. Uh, you know what I finally found? A Viking Loki. I was looking for one for so long after you let me borrow that one. And I was yeah. like, uh, please, please let me find one. I don't want to throw a zone. I don't want to throw. And I could never find one. And so, so I finally upset. caved and um, I put the zone in my bag. And uh, this on Sunday, just this last Sunday, I found that Loki. And I'm so excited to take the zone out of my bag because I don't like being like everybody else. Well, I was literally <laughs> going to text you. Um, I have a friend here. That actually just messaged me. That's weird. Um, <laughs> That's the timing. Yeah, the timing. Um, but he has a complete collection of West Side and Viking. That's wild. That's that's, that's all he has. Um, so he has all of the Nico series West Side. Um, and then he has all of the Viking stuff. He had two Lokis in his bag, and he's selling out. He's selling everything. So, oh. if if you are wanting anything, or if any of the listeners are wanting anything that uh, any of that piques your interest, uh, hit us up. But you know, I, I would, um, but 
I am going to do my darndest to get through as much of that list from Twitter as possible. Hey, there's probably uh, some of those that are on so there. There's so many, so many in there. Um, I didn't, I don't remember seeing Viking show up at all. Or Westside. But I have thrown the Viking before, so I knew I wanted it. Um, oh, yeah. At, some Westside might have shown up. I can't, can't remember off the top of my head. However, if you are listening to this right now and you are thinking, you know, my, my bag is just missing one thing, or I would like to, you know, break out of this habit I've been in, in the bag that I'm in and try some new stuff. Um, go to our Twitter. It is literally at TN2SDG on Twitter. Um, and it is actually the pinned tweet at the very top. Just go through that thread. There are literally like 80 comments of people selecting or recommending one disc. Yeah, they're, they're one disc for recommendation. Because I, I really I tried to limit it to if you could only recommend one disc to anybody, what is the the disc? Yeah. So the first one that's on my list that's from from that list is actually the Crave. Yeah. Um, the Axiom Crave, and that's specifically because I've really really been wanting to add. Um, I have a, one. I'm I'm really wanting to add something that is, you know, I have I have a Buzz or a Ranger or the MD one which are all they fly different i throw them for different things but they're all that same concept of dead mm -hmm. straight mid-range um and then i have the lariat for uh speed nine dead straight mid-range for me i throw it it flips up to flat maybe a little bit of turn but zero fade and i wanted something that was in between them because that lariat if i really get behind it is going 400 425 and i'm throwing those mid-ranges about 300 and i'm like I don't want to power down on the Lariat because I don't get the flight that I like, but I just don't have the arm talent to really juice mid-ranges because I fan grip mid-ranges. I, I can't power grip them to get that extra out of them. So I was like, Crave. It was the, between the Crave and the Passion. And so many people I've seen in the last few weeks are like, if you haven't tried a Crave, you need to try a Crave. So uh, I actually got one for free at my tournament this last weekend, so I'm pretty excited to try that out. Nice. Yeah, keep us updated on what you think. Um, <laughs> All right, back to the contracts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this one was a really cool one, um, and this one flew under the radar. I didn't actually know that this happened until I pulled up this list like a few weeks ago. Um, or a week, a week ago, I pulled up this list. Uh, and Jake Hebenheimer signed a full contract with Latitude 64. And I think this is his first, like, officially announced contract sponsorship. Um, I still call that put not... the Hebenheimer. The Hebenheimer. Oh, yeah. Hebenheimer. It is. I don't care what anybody says. You can call it a dad putt. You can call it the cornhole putt. It is the Hebenheimer. Yep. It always it will stamped. be on this podcast. <laughs> yep. What do, you, what do you think? Um, I think it's a good move. Uh, especially, I think it kind of fills the, the slot of Emerson Keith leaving. Um. So, am I saying that he's as good a player as Emerson Keith? He doesn't have the credentials um, no. as Emerson Keith right now, but I, I think that it's uh, I think it's a very solid replacement. Um, what What do you think he's Hebenheimering with this season? Um, in my personal opinion, um, <laughs> if he's allowed. I don't. I don't know what he's allowed to do necessarily. Whether he has to putt with latitude or not. Um, so I, what I think is, 
If he doesn't putt with latitude, it'll be a warden. Um, that's that's kind of a go-to putter. Right. Um, and then if it is with latitude, it's it's hard to go against a pure. Um, the only thing that I will say about a pure is it's shallow. So I don't know. Um, I don't know how well yeah. it would work for his style of putt. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. When I, I've never really looked that deep into it, is is does he putt from the side with more of a power grip or a fan grip? So it what I noticed is that it's almost a power grip. See, because if it's a power grip, I I feel like something there is something to be said for the dagger because of its its that's, depth. That's that's true. The dagger could be it actually. Um, yeah. It just depends on his hand size. Like I don't know how big his hands is. Hands yeah, are. but if the the thing is, is if if he does putt from the side like that with more of a power than a fan, the de- like he doesn't need big hands to enjoy yeah. the extra depth he gets out of it. That'll be interesting to see. I, that yeah, that is curious. easily what I'm most in, most intrigued to find out what he is going to be throwing more is what is he going to putt with because right. it's Jake Ebenheimer. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, such a memorable name, too. Yeah, he really does. Chronologically, we're going to skip the next name because you know why. Um, DGA picked up another one in Austin Turner. I don't understand this <laughs> because he was with Discraft. Um, Discraft makes DGA molds. Um. I would assume that he still gets to throw his Discraft stuff. He just has to throw like a 60% DGA bag now. Um, yeah, I would imagine also you're talking about Austin Turner's, in doing so, he was probably elevated to a higher level, a higher team standing than he could be Yeah, with the Discraft team. So monetarily, it means he's probably making more. If it's and he a, still gets to th- he still gets to throw his favorite discraft molds because right. he will be allowed to throw some. Yeah. So the move, it, as long as it helps him monetarily, I think it's a good move. Um, other than that, it's not really exciting. Yeah. Uh, discraft two signings back to back. Jake Mon. Um, Jake Mon was with Prodigy, correct? I do believe so. Yes, he was either. Um, with, he I know was either his, with his contract details were very quiet as well. Um, no, I want to. I'd have to say it's Prodigy. I think it was. I don't Prodigy. remember ever seeing and because yeah. I don't remember seeing an Innova go on his back at uh, MCO. Um, yeah. So Jake Mon is an absolute weapon. Uh, yeah, that's true. He he is. Um. He's up around East Tennessee, correct? Is am I wrong in saying that? Uh, yes. He he's not in the Knoxville circuit, though. Okay, okay. I uh, I, I didn't know exactly where. Maybe like Georgia ish. Uh, I I don't know. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know enough enough about him on that one. Just but to, I do know that every time that I seen him, he had his hat turned around backwards, looking all cool, and. Uh, <laughs> He was absolutely canning putts, so the dude can throw in his basketball shorts too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'm You're a fa- I'm honestly a fan of Jake Mon. Like, I re- I really like Jake Mon, and I like this signing. Um, so he's he's actually a South Carolina native. 
I knew that's he why was he, somewhere that's why he, in the I knew Eastern... he got into the Tennessee circuit right. quite a lot, but I knew it wasn't all the way in Knoxville. It was probably up more towards um, Zach Melton and Chris up in the yeah. Kingsport area. Yeah, okay. That, no, that makes sense. I, I didn't know if it was exactly Tennessee. I just knew he played in the East Tennessee circuit. Um, he does. He does get to the circuit. I know yeah. I've seen his name quite a few times. Okay. Um, but yeah, Jake Mon, huge arm, great putter, great thrower, uh, great signing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, especially since he was probably a player that they didn't have to fork out a whole lot of money to either, um, because he wasn't a part of their um, their elite level team either. Right. Um, because his announcement came around the same time as Paige Chu, who was signing with Discraft, uh, on their second tier team. Yep, which I thought was interesting. Uh, it might just be that Discraft kind of said, "Hey, you know, we'll take you on." I know you. She obviously left uh, Dynamic for a reason. I'm not sure what it was, you know, but uh, I know she's expecting to tour more. Yeah, I know that at the very least. I'm I'm here for it. I mean, they but got she's her a, a big old world champ. Do you see that thing? Yeah. <laughs> that thing's massive. This <laughs> is a big boy. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Uh, um, yeah, I I, I think will... under under the radar is the best signing by Discraft. So this is I've I've probably said this before on the podcast, but I don't remember. And for those of you that do remember, good on you. Um, but when I very first started playing disc golf, it was in 2018. And I didn't know what to do to start watching disc golf. I just knew I was looking it up on YouTube and seeing what was going on. And then somebody rec- uh, recommended Jomez Pro. And she was on every lead card in 2018, it seemed like. And then she yeah. won the world championship. And I just kind of clinged to Paige Shoe, which was Birkus at the time. Yes. And... I like I got into dynamic because of her. Like I was like I want to get everything dynamic. I want to put everything that she puts. I want to you know like yeah. I feel like it's kind of odd for a guy. It, honestly, the way that the sport is, a guy to follow follow into like an FPO as their like main um yeah, but I Main mean, focus, the, the, I guess? the thing about it is, is you, you kind of brought up the point, essentially, as it was, is Paige was the player that year exactly. in, in FPO. And NPO was a really mixed bag that year. I right. mean, you're talking, you know, along with her being it kind was... of an outlier, technically winning worlds, you had Greg Barsby winning worlds. And right. I mean, Greg was not instilling himself on a lot of lead cards like, you know. She was the most common it was like exactly it's like you constantly see her there and uh i am super super happy that she's getting back into it i i would follow her wherever she went um it it didn't matter to me um as long as she's got a signature disc i'll get it um just because she was kind of the one that helped promote me getting into the sport so I, I'm I'm a huge fan um, of the signing for Discraft. I kind of do think it's a little weird 
that she's on the second base team, even though she's a world champion. But knowing that she's getting back into it, it's understandable on Discraft's part. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's a good move. I, I think, you know, she's, she's of the talent level that it's only going to take one year to elevate to the tour team. I agree. I agree. And I hope she has a good touring season. Uh, now that uh, her kid is, you know, old enough to tour – with them, yes. I think it. I think it'll be a lot easier on her. Paige seems like the kind of player that we might see replicate something similar to, um, to like what Chris Dickerson did last year. I could see that. Yeah, I, I think that might be kind of kind of the goal. And the, I mean, this year is a really really interesting tour layout. If you look at from city to city, it's not as streamlined as we've seen in pre- previous seasons by date. Right. Um, the loop is a little different. Right. Uh, so it might also kind of encourage her to do something similar to what Chris did. Right. Um, all right. Heidi Lane signs with Clash Discs as well. Uh, exclusivity. She is believe, primary sponsor. She is from Finland as well. I do believe so. So that that makes sense. It gets them into the European market. That is yeah. That's, so that's a that huge really signing is. for them. It really, really brings it. It elevates them quite a bit, right? Uh, Dustin Keegan to Infinite. So this one is not a surprise um, because I feel like he never really. Dustin, if you're out there, do not do not hate me. Um, I just feel like he never really fit the Discmania mold. Um, in in my eyes, um, he whereas he did a lot of work for Infinite, um, he's based really close to Infinite. It just makes sense, and I think that he will honestly be a much better uh, competitor with a mixed bag. Yeah, I mean, I think if you look at Discmania and Infinite kind of, you know, making the moves that they did, Dustin going to Infinite and Discmania bringing on uh, Gavin, it, it seems like a really clean swap that yeah, elevates both of those players in what they do. As I well. agree. Um, and the, the last notable, besides the, the final contract we got to talk about, uh, Cole Ridolin to DGA. I think he feels like he made a mistake. To DGA or to... Uh, to Infinite last year. Infinite. Um, he was with Discraft. He wasn't happy. Uh, he went to Infinite, and then he figured out, oh, crap, I only throw Discraft in my mix bag. <laughs> right. And he... I think he felt like he messed up. I, tr- I truly do. Like, that's kind of the way it was, like, um, you know, even with the whole controversy about him going to EV7 and then canceling uh, his sponsorship with EV7 and then going back yeah. to a Luna, kind of, I kind of seen it coming. I think he would go anywhere as long as he could put with a Luna. Yeah, I, I... EV7 just didn't really, it didn't elevate his game in any way. No. And so uh, there's nothing There's nothing wrong with that. I think EV7 makes some really great putters. And, I do um, too. 
they definitely, I mean, I, I main EV7 fees, so. Right. Um, but I understand that, like, putters are the most feely of all of the discs in your bag. And if it's not elevating your game, there's no reason to continue. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I think he, it, I think he realized that. And that's a good thing on him. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was kind of surprised to see the return to DGA overall, but the, maybe it was just a little bit too much in the past to go directly back to Discraft. Maybe. Um, so we'll, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Because again, when when you sign with a company like like DGA, you get the opportunity to throw your favorite discs from Discraft and then main the rest. You know what I mean, right? And that's probably what's most important to him is he's going to be able to. He has he has a lot of replicas of, of Discraft, but, you know, he will be able to throw the the ones he finds irreplaceable from the Discraft. Exactly. Lineup. All right, that brings us to, the big boy, the the signing that nobody expected and the everybody expected heard the world. all at the same time. <laughs> Simon Lazat leaves uh, Discomania early to sign with MVP. Who saw it coming? I mean, a lot of people. Before the leaks. Okay. <laughs> Who saw um, that coming? I I don't think anybody. W- were, would you be comfortable saying that you thought uh, Simon Lazat was a Discomania lifer before this happened? Yes. Me too. 100%. Yeah. And, I mean, you know, there is something to be said with it kind of kind of sucked that the wow factor was taken away by the leaks, but yeah, he was still leaker. such... He was such a Discomania lifer that it still feels like surreal. Yeah. It, it really does. Watching him in his, you know, vlogs the last week has just been like an out of body experience in terms of disc golf viewership. Yeah. No, I agree. <laughs> I agree. I um I think that the MVP open, um after he won that, I feel like that's probably when talks really escalated. Um, MVP's right there where he's at with Steve Dodge. Like it's it's all kind of collaborative, and I could, I definitely see like the inner workings of MVP signing him. And I also think that's the reason that MVP didn't do anything else, is because they put all (laughs) their fish in one barrel. And all I'm gonna say. Is that's the right barrel to have? I mean, look, it, you know, disc golf doesn't have a cap space, but I promise you, he ate up all of MVP's cap space. I completely um, agree. He, you know, and this is this is one of the most surprising things is that they bought out a full contract for a million dollars, and still gave him a million dollars. Yeah, up front. First year, this is you're getting this, and I don't think it it couldn't be more important to any other company as it is for MVP because 
MVP has a really awesome concept. They have wonderful discs in their lineup, but it is very widely agreed upon that they are missing something um, in their lineup, in their designs, and their you know their yeah. their distance driver lineup is. Kind of pooped on a little bit, yeah. <laughs> to put it lightly, um, you know, outside of a, a two or three molds here or there, you know, they're they're known for what they can do for players in that nine speed and below category, right? Uh, and you know, you know that Simon is going to fix that within the first year. Yep, first year, guarantee it. He'll come out with something. Hey. I I'm of the the opinion that Simon will get a very similar treatment as Macbeth did in his first year, um, which is something we didn't see out of Dynamic and Ricky so much. There wasn't like a, here's the new big thing. You had you had prior di- a couple of prior discs get retooled and shipped back out under Ricky, but they didn't really explode with anything that was right new. let's just throw a raptor um, out on it and say it's yours um yeah. yeah i i don't think the mvp mvp has the capability to do everything there so um i personally think that simon is going to have his own line of discs um and i couldn't want that anymore like i think it's <laughs> And not not only is he going to have his his own line, I would say it's going to progress at a similar rate to what Macbeth is doing right now. I would not be surprised if um, you see something similar to what happened with the Kong. Yeah. And the, the Kong becoming the Zeus. It, you know, the Kong was basically a distance driver that they were holding back and they hadn't released yet. Paul got his hands on it and said, I can make this work. Right. Um, and I, I'm really, really hoping that there's a few discs that are in the prototype stage already that they're like, Simon, take a look at these. What do we need to fix? Right. What can, how can we retool this prototype and, and make it the next Zeus, basically? Right. Yeah. Um, so I, I, really, I really expect my, – my thought process is that in the first 12 months, they will release three discs to a Simon Creator Series – and it'll be in a similar pace as uh, Macbeth after that as well. So it's basically Macbeth is in a very similar pace to, to that. There's th- about three discs in the first year or so, and then one and a half discs every year afterwards, or two discs every two years, or right. three discs every two years, excuse me, is about the pace that they're on. So that's what I'm expecting personally. Yeah. I mean, I'm right there on the same wavelength as you. Like that's exactly how I think too. Um, th- that doesn't happen very often. <laughs> no, no, it does. It does. It does. But no, I'm no. I'm right there with you. Um, and I think that if they try to do anything other than that, if they just try to let him use what they have, I think they've made a mistake. Yeah, and I, well, I don't, I don't think, I don't think that's gonna happen. Yeah. And the reason I don't think that's going to happen is if you look at the signing as a whole, you're talking about, um, and this is, if anybody kind of remembers, or if you follow me on, on Twitter, on our main account, I am the primary user on that account, if you guys are ever wondering. 
And we talked a lot about it. There were a lot of conversations. And my thought process is that money talks. Mm-hmm. And a, a lot of people got mad at me for that. And they were like, they were like, I just don't think the only reason he went there is. And I'm like, no, you're right. He, he did not just go because they gave him money. Okay. They said, this is how much we want to give you. And he said, all right, I'm listening. What else? Right. Okay. Oh, I want you guys to, to think about that. It was, it was money talks is, is what I mean. That That's what opens they the, the door. door. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. You can text somebody, hey, I got a contract offer for you, and they'll say, shoot. And you, you say, I'll give you $500,000 for three years, and he's like, not eh, even going to reply. Sorry, bud. Yeah. But you say, hey, I'll give you, we'll give you a million dollars a year. And then he says, I'm listening. Because when you look at Paul Macbeth's contract, when he signed, obviously the original deal was basically um, one year, approximately a million dollars with uncapped potential. Right. And then they re-signed, renegotiated to something different. I, th- I think technically it was actually a three-year contract originally that they renegotiated out. Right. But basically it was uncapped potential, and then they said, okay, you, you really outgrew this. We're going to give you 10-10. Um, Simon didn't have to go through that particular phase. He does have a renegotiation phase, uh, allegedly. Um, according to other media outlets, you're talking f- at the five-year point, they're going to have a, a chance to renegotiate. If they've outgrown the contract, they'll probably sign something new and larger. Yeah. Um, but I think, personally, you're talking, they, they said, we'll give you a million dollars every year for 10 years, and we'll give you the freedom to design your own creator series just like Macbeth. And he said, <laughs> okay, I got to think about it. Yeah. I got to think about it. And then he, and then he, he, he went to sleep that night and he's like, I can design my own. I can do what I want. Right. I can, I can, I can bring my style of disc golf to this company. Yeah. And that was when it really started clicking. Can you imagine an MVP tilt? <laughs> it's like it's not that hard no. basically uh, for an, an mvp tilt is just the fireball retooled yeah exactly it would not be difficult at all no um I, i'm also i'm really interested to see i feel like it might be uh, easier to make honestly like because the problem with the tilt through Dismania is it kept sinking off of the rim because of the concave well, if there is no mm-hmm. rim, uh, it might be a little easier. It could you be. might actually have a mass production of stuff like that. The so the only question is is that the entire concept of uh of MVP, and this is this is why their distance drivers have struggled so far is high speed stability. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people think like, oh, that means that it's not going to flip. Not necessarily. High speed dis- to, uh, you know, high speed stability and the quote unquote gyroscopic technology. The concept is that it pushes farther when it's in that flat stage. Right. It creates a gyroscopic stability, and that's what the, where you're getting that extra distance. And then when it loses that, it still has gyroscopic stability, so it fades forward. Now, obviously, you can say, well, the technology is not real; it's fake. This, that, and the other, but that's the concept. And I, I think it works because we've seen that they've kind of struggled with the distance drivers in their technology because they haven't been able to find that perfect mixture maybe of rim right. weight 
or something along those lines for those higher speed discs. Um, maybe Simon can help them push that along, but with that gyroscopic technology, it will be interesting to see just how overstable they can truly make a disc. Because the truth is, if it's that overstable, it doesn't have gyroscopic stability. Right, but yet it's still going to be technically gyro. So, there's some, uh, I, I mean... Basically what you're looking at is Simon's going to go in there... That and could he's be gonna done break here. all the rules that we yeah. know of from right. MVP to this. Yeah, point. I mean he's already wanting to break the black rim rules, so you know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I think it's ridiculous. I think you know, in my opinion, Axiom should have the black rim and MVP should have the colored rims. But that's just me. I, I mean, honestly, I like Axiom better, anyways. But um, <laughs> well, Axiom kind of does a better job of of making discs that fly well for mid level players. Yeah. I completely you know, agree. For for Thanks middle for, for that. that middle arm speed. <laughs> I know. Just be just being honest, bro. Like, you I, ain't gotta die. I, I touched some really I touched some really good distance and there are some discs that I could because the thing is the what what you have to understand too is it's not just how fast you can throw the disc, how much spin you can put on the disc. And Simon has already demonstrated that because Simon does not throw the hardest on tour anymore. Uh, but his spin rate is still top three in all of disc golf, in my right. personal opinion. And his spin rate, combined with that supposed gyroscopic technology, has yeah. already started breaking the rules of discraft or of of MVP. Right. Excuse me. And you know that'll be really interesting to see how the, how they adjust going forward. Yeah. I'm, and how much creative freedom they give Simon. That's. To do I hope so. they give him like here's the keys. <laughs> drive it like you stole it, baby. It. Exactly. Drive it like you stole drive it. Drive it like you stole it, baby. That's that's what I'm hoping for. But you know? I agree. But yeah, that was the big shebang. That's uh, it. Man, that we, was the uh we've caught up. That was the off season signings. Um That took us basically this whole show to do. Yeah. It literally <laughs> took so us an hour and forty five. Many. You know, uh, I we got we got through it pretty well. I mean I think if so. you took we we spent Probably a combined seven hours total talking yeah. about uh, all the signings that happened last off season, and I think this is uh, potentially more volatile. I think so overall. Too. I kind of like, and this. we covered it in under two hours. Yeah, so not yeah. bad. Did not did not really have to drag it out. Um, no. So, do you want I, next week? I'd like to go over the schedule, um, and. Potentially, we'll go over the Jomez news. Um, yeah, I, I think I think we can kind of pack because the thing is the Jomez news just isn't that big. I don't think we it's going to be it's, a it's long not. talk. No, I think I think we could probably cover the two biggest uh, broadcasting news bases today. Okay, I didn't know if you wanted to week. do it for the schedule at the same time or not. No, because I, when we talk about the schedule, the truth is outside of what we talk about today with Paul. We're probably not going to bring up much of this next week yeah. with the with the primary tour schedule. So, uh, for those of you who haven't heard, because you're living under a rock, I guess I'm not really sure. Uh, the PDGA uh, Euro Tour has partnered with DGPT and DGN um, to bring a point system that will be identical and implemented as a silver level points 
and a live broadcast of seven Euro Tour events outside of what we're going to see from Sula, which is actually a Pro Tour event, not Euro Tour, and um, the European Open, which is returning for this uh, consecutive year for the first time ever, yes. I believe. Yes, it used to be every other year. Yes, but the addition of Sula and the success of Sula, not surprised that they decided to bring it around. Can we talk about that for a second, the major format in disc golf? We don't have to spend a whole lot of time on this, but do you think it's time, conceptually, as as we're getting into this first time having a consecutive Euro, Euro Open, is it time for disc golf to stamp a Grand Slam? Um, as for if you, so the Grand Slam, like if you talk about like tennis or, um, right. Golf, for example, you get the Grand Slam, you can take them all down. Right. right. If we labeled the majors as Grand Slam, made it tantalizing, made it coveted. Do you think that would elevate majors and kind of help disrupt that conversation of majors aren't really that great and the Pro Tour is where it's at? Well, I mean, you would still have to win all of them. True. Um, but but there's never been a Grand Slam in disc golf before. No. Officially. So, I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't know. I mean, that's technically what we would call it anyways. Not, I mean, not really. I mean, what else because would you if you, if you think about it, technically in that in that scenario, then in 2015, Paul already has a Grand Slam, but nobody calls it that. I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I mean, I don't really see the difference. I guess. So basically, I mean, I mean, it's not. In actuality, it's not going to necessarily change anything from, like, a statistical standpoint. All it does is is just heighten the level of the title of the majors. However, if you put a bounty out for a Grand Slam, um, maybe something like that. You know, I I mean, mean, I mean, in baseball, you've got the Triple Crown. Yeah, do a five million dollar bounty for. (laughs) I don't know about that. I mean, (laughs) I I think you're talking about. A trophy and maybe a good prize. I don't know about five million. A trophy and a good prize. No, <laughs> I'm talking about no, 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 millions. No. Okay, listen, we've got to get a singular event to a hundred thousand before you talk about millions for the Grand Slam title. But think let's, about let's how start there. they're they're putting all their money in. You know, it's like I I don't know. But then <laughs> if that happened, then they're like, well, why are why are our purses higher? So I get that too. Yeah. Yeah, and I just I, I don't know. I, I think that there there is at least slightly a possibility that if you were to um essentially create the title of Grand Slam, make it something that is coveted and possible to win, something happens if you win it, regardless of, of what it is at this point. Would that be enough to elevate majors to the point where we stop having the conversation of I don't know why we covet majors so much? Because that's a big conversation right now. Yeah. It might. I just, I true, me, my personal self, I, I don't think so. All right. Well, that'll be a conversation we have again later in the year, I'm sure. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. As, I mean, come on, it's, it's been a while since somebody's hit a Grand Slam in 
in golf and tennis, to be honest. Yeah, it's it used to happen a lot in tennis. Um, Roger Federer yeah, when, used to do it all the time. Dominated by Federer and Dahl, and then you know the Williams sisters. Yeah, exactly. So and Maria Sharapova. And golf, we haven't seen a Grand Slam since Tiger. Yeah, I Which, don't believe. Yeah, that's. Uh, I really stopped keeping up with it after Tiger. So, yeah, I mean, as a lot of people did. Uh, back back to the uh, Euro Tour event. So, for anybody who's who's wondering, um, the events, and I'm going to butcher these names because they're European. So just don't at me, bro. <laughs> don't at me. Uh, number one, we're gonna get coverage for the uh, Kunapiste Open. Uh, the Krakol Open. That's probably not how you pronounce that at all. Uh, the I Swedish would put Open. Money on it that it's not. That's not. That's <laughs> not how you pronounce that at all. And I promise you, this is not how you pronounce this. The um, Skelleftia Open. That's in Sweden. I feel like you um, tried really hard on that, and I'm proud of you. Yeah, thank you. I, I, I. There's an accent over that last A, and I'm not sure what that accent means. So language. Uh, there's also. Hard, there's bro. also. A different type of accent over the a the first day of this one. I'm just gonna call it the Aland Open. Uh, Aland. There no, is... you use the same ah. Uh, you gotta do like Aland. 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 There you go. I bet uh, that's it. Or maybe it is just a uh, and then a long a. So a Aland. Aland. Aland Open. Alan Bro, oh my god, I wish we could Bolognese. cut that and make that a meme, because what you just did <laughs> there was great. Aland. Okay. The The Aludaguse. Is it even a real event at this point? Like, what the heck? Estonia, forgive me, please, okay? I... I, hey, I don't know. I'm ignorant of your ways and yeah. your pronunciation. <laughs> Europe always uh, maybe... shows up on our Spotify, so they're going to love this. <laughs> please, uh, please hit us in the comments somewhere. Tweet me and tell me how that's pronounced, please. Uh... Please say that last one again. Something about a loosey-goosey. Um, and then... Um, no, say it the... again. I need you to say <laughs> it again. <laughs> Aluta goose. <laughs> Aluta goose. Yeah, where is this at? A little goose. Uh, that is in Estonia, Jovi, okay. Estonia. I'm pretty sure that's Jovi. I really. That I, might be I, my I favorite tournament name of all time. Um, and then there's uh the Andalusia Open, and that is actually the European Tour Championship, and that's in Spain. Ooh. Um, I I I want to say Andalusia is is pretty accurate. Yeah, that sound. You sounded confident, close. so I'm gonna go with it. Uh, so those are your seven events. Um. They're going to be partnering with, uh, I don't know, da, 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 da. who knows, it, Disc Golf Stream, that's what it is, Disc Golf Stream is going to help them overall with the broadcast, and as well as there's going to be an on-foot team that is going to be provided by the Euro Tour to do camera work, that's okay. the way that they've at least alluded to, and I believe I've seen a couple of tweets about it, again, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, I have no problem if you come at me and I'm legitimately wrong, please. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean that, that's pretty exciting. However, it created immediate controversy as soon as it was announced. Literally, took ten seconds for controversy to occur. 
I dipped my toes in the controversy. <laughs> um, <Who would> I guess <laughs> foundation. If you guys are listening to this, I know you're not, but if you are, listen. I wasn't trying to come at you guys. Okay. Uh, long story short, I tweeted something. Basically, um, foundation kind of just a, a few of the accounts between uh, Brody Hunter. I think Silas might have gone in for for a second. Um, they they just kind of like tweeted a little direct at it and i kind of felt like wow they they really went after the pro tour for for this move like they they're legitimately convinced over there that the pro tour only did this to follow paul Macbeth. so for anybody who didn't see paul Macbeth announced that he's going to be taking a longer european tour he's going to be skipping the ddo the des moines challenge the preserve and the portland open and the music city open all to be uh over there at this event um and i thought that was really interesting um ulti world noted specifically that he had played ddo in emporia for 16 years straight he's n has not skipped it um now here's the thing number one paul Macbeth has said publicly on multiple occasions I would love to do an extended tour of Europe. This right. is nothing new. We know that he wanted to do an extended year. Um, the The word on the street was that 2020 was actually going to be the year that he made it happen. Uh, and then it didn't happen because COVID happened. Right. Um, for anybody who was wondering. Um, and I believe the way that Jeff Spring kind of talked about the European Open and how they really wanted to improve presence along with DGN and everything that they were doing, 2020 was the first year DGN really saw that extended uh, like coverage of live coverage and where they really dipped their toes in it. Obviously, their coverage ended up being cut short and everything. But they said, we really wanted to make, make noise in, in Europe. And I believe that 2020 was actually going to be planned as being the first time we saw European Open consecutively. And then that didn't happen um so i believe that there was a plan back then that Macbeth made 2020 the year that he wanted to do that that came crashing down it never happened well he announced about 20 days before this announcement came out i'm doing an extended tour in europe lo and behold 20 days later pro tour announced this entire deal where they're covering the seven events five of which are on paul Macbeth's list right um and so it created a little bit of a controversy is the pro tour um, just following Macbeth out there, did Macbeth possibly call them and say, hey, you guys want to follow me over? You know, what all this and that and the other is going on. Now, I got sassy with some people. <laughs> Big surprise there. <laughs> Daniel was sassy on Twitter. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, I don't know what your thoughts are, your immediate thoughts when you see that in connection with each other, but my first thought is, number one, um, this is not the kind of a deal that takes place in 20 days. Um, you do not organize this level of coverage in 20 days. So there is zero shot that they saw Paul's announcement and said, let's make this happen. Right. This is clearly something that has been happening before that. Was there a possibility that Paul and Jeff Spring colluded? Sure. Both of them have come out and said that they weren't, but that they did have a conversation with each other um, around the time that Paul did make his announcement. So they did, they were aware at the very least. Uh, there was Drew Gibson, of course, who tweeted something along the lines of a screenshot of, of a text message, allegedly, from Paul that said, do you think that if I was colluding with the Pro Tour to go over there that I would have made them all Silver Series events? Come on, bro. 
<laughs> is essentially what that said. Yeah. I thought that was I thought that was hilarious. Um whether it's real or not, who knows? Drew is Drew. <laughs> um but I mean I'm personally of the opinion that Sula performed so well in the European Open performed so well that Jeff Spring was on the phone with people in Europe that <laughs> very next week. That was saying one of the let's make this happen. more exciting stretch stretches of the year that I, I I really enjoyed those tournaments. So I thought Sula was just gonna be like something to watch the weekend before European it was Open. Absolutely my favorite silver series to watch. It hands down. It was it's not even close. The courses yeah. were elite and beautiful all beautiful. at the same time. And you get to like, put on a tractor. So well maintained. Like <laughs> that's true. It, it like, was my was, favorite that was, part. That was so I cool. And it. then you know you know, throwing through through the gates of Valhalla. That was beautiful. That's awesome. It was, a, it was so great. The course was and just so well put together. They had been waiting for their opportunity, and they seized it. That's what they did. It's exactly what it is. I think that the timing couldn't have been better. Yeah. I know it created the controversy, and I'm not going to lie. The timing was suspect. Yeah. Okay? The timing not, was a little not, weird, but... I'm not going to say that Foundation was wrong to make the analysis that they did. Oh, absolutely not. But they definitely should have sat down and thought a little bit longer before they kind of... You know, they should have thought about the concept that this was in the works more than likely immediately after Sula was successful. Because Sula was not just successful. It was unprecedentedly successful. Yeah. We've never seen a Silver Series have that level of success. I mean, it, it. I think Sula as a Silver Series still made my top 10 favorite events of the year. Oh, top 10? It made my top five. They gave an axe <laughs> as a trophy. <laughs> they putted on a trap on a tractor you, for whole eighteen. You're not wrong, man. You are not wrong. So, dude, the trophy was one of the best I've seen. It was a Viking axe. The thing was sick. Yep. Greg Barsby holding it—that's iconic. That's stamped in my brain. Yeah. Now and then, the other thing that that I said a lot, and, and people kind of kind of were whole home about they were like well i mean uh, it's still fishy and i'm like i'm like because th this was the other argument if they're going to add points to the event number one um and include all of that coverage that and that was the big thing was adding points to it along with paul going over there felt like favoritism and i see that and right. i agree with it yeah to a point but also i mean you have to imagine like they were like well why didn't players know about it at least Number one, it wasn't a done deal. Number two, Simon Lazat. You guys are like, what the hell does Simon Lazat have to do with this? Leaky leakers, man. You're going to tell an entire pro tour that we're adding points to European events. If you want to sign up, you better do it now. And that's not going to make noise. Right. You are kidding yourself. There is no way they announced it. And, and I loved, I did love that a, a couple of nights later, Brody's new um, Disc Golf Hour podcast um really cool if you guys have a chance to jump on those the twitter space because paul uliberry has been joining regularly and paul uliberry did a great job of putting it in perspective that which is exactly what i tweeted they're not going to announce something that's not done yet they can't right it's just because you have no idea you you tell all the players hey this is what we're planning on doing you should consider signing it up and then the deal falls through then what now you have half your players 
allegedly. This is the way people were making it seem like. Now you have half your players competing on the Euro Tour, not getting any points, because they thought there were going to be points. Right. No. Now, the one thing I I do have to say was kind of like, uh, Hunter on the Disc Golf Hour made a really good point. Um, They made the announcement, and when they made the announcement, two of the events that were listed here were already 100% full. One of them being the Konopiste Open. Meaning that after the announcement, if anybody wanted to, they couldn't. It was too late. So that basically means Paul and Paul right. was going in to get into that event because he had already registered. I agree with that. I, I think that there should have been a little bit better of a mindfulness. And maybe that's that's the biggest shortcoming of this deal is the Pro Tour in Europe and the Disc Golf Pro Tour not making an agreement to hold off registration for that event. until At least have came. a certain set of of openings you know what i mean like yes yeah or or make have, a deal that 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 allows for openings and yeah because if you look at the 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 actual pro tour there is actually a, a set of protected registrations for european players exactly so if you're going to make that deal i agree that that would have been a really good contingency plan is yep. set aside a protected regist- amount of registrations for your for american players and then if they don't get filled which they probably wouldn't have then that's when they go to the next available wait list. Exactly. And <sighs> simple as that. That would have been such an easy fix. Yeah. Hmm. So much. But outside of that, I have to say I'm really excited. I mean, that means, you know, we're going to have, you know, five or six weekends where we're going to get double coverage yeah. this year, where we're going to have a big pro tour event. And then, you know, if you want to watch disc golf deep into the night or wake up really early, you're going to have more disc golf. Yeah. That's really cool. No, we will have plenty to cover. I know that. Plenty. Plenty to cover. Now, uh, along with that big announcement, uh, just today they've made another new announcement, which was awarding post-production coverage um, and creating new contracts. And the biggest noise that we saw is that GK Pro will be stepping down from covering the FPO lead cards, and Jomez will be taking up the FPO lead cards. Correct. What are your thoughts? Um, a little bit surprised. Um, by GK Pro letting it go. Um, they I feel like they've done a lot to promote the FPO. I feel like they've done Oops. a good job. Um, as as the sole leader in FPO. Um, I know. I I haven't seen what they've picked up. Um, they haven't. Um, okay. So the way that that is actually going to work, according to GK Pro in the announcements uh, prior, um, is that they are actually going to be spending more time focusing on the Tour Skin series, right? And creating it to be a day prior ticketed event for them to essentially produce all together and focus on, and that's going to be um, owned and operated along with the Pro Tour as opposed to as their own side project that Pro Tour helped out with here and there. I I love it. And honestly, you can't go wrong. If you're going to watch uh, Next Day coverage, you can't go wrong with Jomez. They will do no. a fantastic job. Um. They are the lead card, you know, and it it just makes sense to have MPO and FPO, and they can get it out so fast. So, 
Um, yeah, to have that, all the elite, elite plus, and playoff events. Uh, yeah, I'm they gonna, don't I'm gonna say also... anything about the Silver Series, though, so I don't know if yeah, that's I'm... only... I'm interested. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to find this tweet um uh, from Green Splatter that mm. had a quick breakdown of basically what you're gonna see. Um so Jomez Pro will have uh MPO FPO um for majors as well as elites. And that is going to be for the entirety of the season. Gatekeeper is going to continue with the chase cards. And Ace Run Pro is going to take the chase card for FPO. Right. If you haven't seen. So that's the first time we've added Ace Run Pro officially to the Pro Tour lineup. Um, now, Which they deserve it. I really like their coverage. Um, yes. good. And so from what we see here in this graphic as well, Central Coast Disc Golf will film FPO1 and MPO1 at all uh, silver events and their lead card coverage does not include the European tour uh, as that'll be handled by MDG media. So okay. that'll be because yeah, they're calling them silver events essentially I'm... or pointing them as silver events. So just so you know, central coast is not going to handle post produced coverage in Europe, right. um, but they will retain post-produced coverage. So does that mean champs versus chumps coming back? Because I would love that before Silver Series. That would be <laughs> epic. I love that. Could could be could be. Uh, yeah, I don't know. The only thing the only thing I have to say about that is Central Coast did a really good job last year. However, they did falter from time to time getting coverage out on time. Right. Uh, so I really, I, I really hope to see them put a put a emphasis on it. I think um, they to will just improve that in particular. I think they will now, knowing that, uh, kind of the limelight that they're in now. Yes. Uh, I yeah, think as, I as, think it'll put a little bit of, you know, pep in their step. Yeah, especially when we had had that one event last year where second round wasn't even posted, when final rounds were completed yeah there was there was some some people upset about that i remember uh, it almost, almost almost took 48 hours for them to they get lost a, a lot round. of they lost wow. a lot of views that way too i mean yes no sense in watching it if they already know what happens yeah well and and the thing that was really rough too is that um and i this is why i think that they'll probably put a, a pretty big emphasis on it is that all of that stuff was posted directly to the pro tour yeah page so the pro tour actually is you know they took the flack it was not really directed to central coast um by most of the general public right um, only the people who were really paying attention to the fact that you know central coast does them really understood like hey it's not really the pro tour's fault it's central coast they they haven't been getting them out right so yeah no i agree and i'm looking forward to it so yeah we shall see um yeah so that's, that's it was weird it, to be huh? back man i'll yeah. tell you what <laughs> anybody yet, anybody here who's yeah, here made we it to are this two point, hours anybody, and 10 minutes in and it's just like anybody huh. here who's made it to this point i want you to know number one uh we did a, this was a little bit of like an homage to the old us which yeah. was completely unscripted here we had topics that was about it. And then we just kind of did what we wanted with them. 
we're gonna keep a little bit of that vibe, but we're gonna script a little more um, yeah. going forward. We're gonna try so our if you, best. If you if you've listened to us, we're we're gonna make two efforts. Number one, we're gonna shoot for ninety minutes. Um, so we're going to really try to hit that one and a half hours stage and try not to push that too much. It helps us um, with the um, clip it and ship it aspect specifically yeah. on the audio side of getting it up and available the next day. Um, this episode might actually end up coming out a little bit later because we went so long. Depends on how long it takes to strip the audio. Um, but yeah, look forward to that. Look forward to the fact that we will be on YouTube next week for the very first time. And if you want to join yep. us on youtube uh we look forward to it and we hope that we get somebody rolling around in chat yeah. um it's but, a new uh, journey yeah it's exciting season two and, tennessee twos and yeah who knows we might we might add some add some graphics throughout the year as we kind of absolutely continue, uh upgrading the podcast and making it you know flow a little bit better Right. Um, but thank you for whoever continued while we fumbled along clearly out of practice um, and recapping so much information uh, because 90, I, I'd imagine anybody who's made it this far in the episode has probably heard 90% of this information at least once, if not three or four times now. Um, so it means a lot that she's stuck with this episode, really. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, first person that tells me how many times I said absolutely in this episode, because I know it was a lot. <laughs> um, so, what I'm hearing is is that the first graphic upgrade is going to be an absolutely counter on the top of the screen for next week. Yeah, that, that, that needs to happen. <laughs> I'm just saying, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just saying that if I could make one critique over what I would like to see change about DGN this year, I don't want to hear the word incredible ever again. Yeah. If I have to hear the word incredible by Elaine King or <laughs> just anyone really, the, the word incredible. I'm just tired of hearing so incredible much. when it wasn't incredible. Just, that was incredible. They threw a mid range down the middle of a wide open fairway. Yay. Yay. Incredible. <laughs> just, right, yep. and, the, and then the other the other one as well is the is the saving par uh, uh yeah if they, if they throw a great shot up to circle two miss their putt and then tap it in and you say the word saving par yeah <laughs> all right now we're really nitpicking yep yep <laughs> that's a, we're, we're at the point uh, to where we don't need to be <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a, all right uh, well i'm good you're good tennessee twos we're, good. we're back uh, we will be back at a regularly scheduled uh, time and session each week, um, hopefully. Um, that is our goal, and we are back in it. And we hope to see all of you there. We thank everybody for listening uh, on our very first episode of yeah. Season 2. And with that said... We hope everybody has a great rest of your week. Go play some disc golf. Get out there. Have fun. And we will see y'all later. Peace. No, uh, wait, 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 what? wait, wait, wait. You're, you're, our outro. We have the phrase. We're not ditching that yet. I mean, this is everybody, a new season. Everybody, we will see you on the next tour. Okay.
You just remember. You you remember this, alright? I say it. <laughs> we'll see y'all on the next hole. Peace. Peace.